was just sitting down the back there while we were singing, and there's nothing that clears the head more than God's presence. As soon as you come into God's presence, the mind clears and the praise goes up. And do you want to know something? I want to keep that. Because what I'm going to bring tonight is something that I've it's been on my mind for about a couple of weeks now, two or three weeks. And it's Christ-centered. And it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's lovely. It just speaks of Christ. And I just want to keep that tone. That started, the, the meeting started off beautifully with the singing and the worship. And I just want to keep that throughout the meeting. Just going to pray before I go any further. Dear Lord, we just come around your feet now, Lord, and we, we, we worship you, Lord, and we tell you again, Lord, that we love you, Lord. Amen. And oh, we, just, we just adore you, Lord, and we're coming around your word now to feed, Lord, and, to, uh, and Lord, will you, will you speak to us, Lord, again, Lord? And oh, will you let your people be fed and built up, Lord, and their faith, Lord, and strengthened, Lord? And we, we just pray, Lord, that you'll take control of the meeting, Lord. And Lord, your people will see Christ, Lord, and Christ alone, Lord. And we'll give you all the glory, Lord, for you alone, Lord, are worthy. Amen. Uh, turn to Leviticus, please. Leviticus 16. Leviticus chapter 16. Now, while you're turning to the chapter, I just want to go through a few things. What, what, what is Leviticus? What is the book of Leviticus? Well, the book of Leviticus is... Laws of offerings, laws of the priests, laws of purity, the Day of Atonement, which is what we're going to look at today, tonight, in chapter 16. Laws of holiness, appointed times, and vows. So the book of Leviticus, it's actually, it's a very interesting book, and it's a good book to get into uh, for a study. And I've been studying Leviticus chapter 16. Basically, a few pointers. I've, I've entitled this the Day of Kafar. Now, Kafar is just a Hebrew, a Hebrew word. It means the Day of Atonement. And basically, what has happened here so far, Genesis, Exodus, and the Leviticus, God's people have been delivered out of Egypt. They've been saved out of Egypt and redeemed out of it. And they're now required to be a holy people. The tabernacle of the congregation has been set up in the wilderness. The 12 tribes of Israel are encamped around the tabernacle. And one of the things that I found, I just, I just thought it was brilliant. Christ is the center. Christ is in the tabernacle of the congregation. and He's the center in the wilderness. And his people are encamped around us. And that's what I want to do tonight. I want you to see Christ again. And the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. He, he's the center of my life. And I hope he's the center of yours. Basically, there's 43 times in Leviticus where it mentions atonement. And I was struck by this. 77 times in the book of Leviticus, it mentions holiness. Now, you know, you don't hear that word too much anymore. But, you know, we are called to be a holy people. We are saved we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We are then baptized, but then there must be growth. And Christ demands a holy people. If we really want to see power and authority in this land again, and God's people and God's power moving, we must be a holy people. 
wholly acceptable unto Christ, and then he will move in his people because he will be pleased with us. So this is the day of Kafar. It's the day of atonement, and it happens once a year. Now, basically, what I'm going to do is, I'm just going to walk you through. I really want to take my time, and I want to walk you through the chapter. It's very, very important. It's, it's a beautiful chapter, and I don't want to miss anything. So I'm just going to walk you through it, verse by verse. So we're going to go Leviticus 16, and the verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered before the Lord and died. Now, Aaron here is Moses' brother. He's a great high priest. But if you want to reference that, you need to go back to Le Leviticus chapter 10. Basically, Aaron's two sons offered strange fire before the Lord. Uh, they didn't come before the Lord properly. And basically, the Lord struck them dead, the two of them. But you need to go back to chapter 10. I'm not going to go into that just now. I'm going to read on into the second verse. And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place. Now, basically that means he can't come in whenever he likes. He has to come in once a year. He just can't walk in willy-nilly. And within the veil, before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not, for I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. Now basically, you had the tabernacle in the wilderness, you had the holy and then the holy of holies behind the second veil. Behind the second veil was the ark of the covenant and the mercy seat. And that's where Aaron, that's where the Lord was, that's where Christ would meet Aaron, Moses' brother. Moving on to verse 3 here. Verse 3. Thus shall Aaron come into the holy place with a young bullock for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. So basically, Aaron had to offer, first of all, for himself and his family. That was the first thing he had to do. Then he had to offer for the, for the people. And you'll find as it actually goes on, he actually had to offer for the, for the holy of holies because it was defiled with the sin of, the, of Israel. Thus shall Aaron come into the holy place with a young bullock for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on holy linen. Now, I really want you to get this. He shall put on holy linen coat and he shall have the linen breeches upon his flesh and shall be girded with a linen girdle. And with the linen mitre shall he be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore, shall he wash his flesh in the water and so put them on. What does that verse mean? It means this. Aaron, before he comes into the presence of God, has to humble himself. He has to come humbly. He has to put off the great high priest robes. And he has to put on the linen garments. And brothers and sisters, what does that point us to tonight? It points us, brothers and sisters, to Christ. Christ left the splendor of heaven and his majesty and glory. Can you imagine? The lovely Lord Jesus Christ left the splendor. He left the glory of heaven. And he came into this world and put on earthly flesh. And that's exactly what that, that verse means. Aaron had to come in. This, this is pointing to the new covenant. This is pointing to the humbleness of Christ, leaving the splendor of heaven, 
and coming to this earth, this, this sinful earth, to be our sacrifice. Verse 5, And he shall take of the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. And Aaron shall offer his bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make an atonement for himself and for his house. So you can see here, he had to, put, he had to humble himself, he had to put on the, the linen garments, and he had to offer, first of all, for himself and his family. That was the first thing he had to do. Everything had to be done in order. Christ here demands order and holiness. And he shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle and of the congregation. Now, basically here, these two goats were going to be, well, one was going to be sacrificed and the other one wasn't. Now, an orange shall cast lots, verse 8, an orange shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for the Lord, and the other lot for the scapegoat. Now, I want you to turn to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 33. Proverbs 16 and the verse 33. Now, it says here that Aaron is cast on lots for these two goats. Now, you're, you know, we think about cast on lots. It's the look of the draw, isn't it? No, it's not. It says in Proverbs chapter 16 and the verse 33, The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. The Lord is sovereign in everything. The Lord leaves nothing to chance. These lots were being cast, but God already had chosen the goat that was going to be slain and the goat that was going to go free. There's nothing left to chance with the Lord. And I was thinking about that on the way over, you know, about the chaos there is at the minute. Don't be worrying about it, because the Lord's sovereign and the Lord's in control. Fix your mind on the scriptures. Fix your eyes on the word, and you'll find that your walk will be straight and you will have a clear head. Don't be worrying about the things of this world, because we're not, we're not of the world, and the world hates you anyway, so don't be worrying about it. Verse 33 again, the lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. In other words, the Lord was still in control, even though they were cast in lots for the two goats. An orange shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell, and offer him for a sin offering. Now you notice the Lord's lot fell. That again confirms that it wasn't chance. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. Now, basically what you have here now is propitiation and expiation. The two go together, two goats, two words. Propitiation, to appease or gain favor. Expiation, the act of making amends. Two goats, two words. And this had to be the way before the Lord. Scapegoat. Now, I was looking at this. Scapegoat in the Hebrew is as azel. As means goat. Azel means 
going away, the goat that goes away. It also means the same in the Aramaic. So basically you have the two lots that have been cast and you have the two goats. Propitiation to appease or gain favor. Expiation, the act of making amends. Verse 12 now. We'll go from verse 9, sorry. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell and offer him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. And Aaron, Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and shall make an atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself. Verse 12, And he shall take a censer full of burning coals, now, this verse, verse 12, full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord. So the a censer basically was just like a jug with a chain. And whenever Aaron had sacrificed the bullock, the very altar that he sacrificed the bullock on, he took the burning coals off it and put it into the, the censer. And he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord and his hands full of sweet incense, beaten small, and bring it within the veil. Now, I was thinking about this. Aaron now is going into the second, behind the second veil, into the Holy of Holies. He's got his censer, he, he's, he's got his incense, and he's burning. And Aaron now is in the presence of God. God is there. And I was thinking about this, and I was like, you know, that's... That's happy stuff. Aaron now is right in the presence of God, and if he makes one mistake, God will strike him. God demands holiness here, and everything to be done in order and properly, no messing about. And he shall put the, the incense upon the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat. So he had the Ark of the Covenant in the mercy seat, and this is covering the mercy seat. That is upon a uh, mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. So you can see here the seriousness of the, of the situation and how things need to be done in order and done properly before a holy God. And he shall take of the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward and before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his fingers seven times. Now, the number seven in scripture speaks of uh, perfection. It speaks of God's perfect will, the number seven in the scriptures, and that's why it was sprinkled seven times. Then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people and bring his blood within the veil. So now, Aaron is going in, he's went in with the bullock, he's now going in with the goat that, that the Lord's lot fell on, the goat that has been slaughtered, and he's bringing the blood of the goat in also to the mercy seat. Then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people, and bring his blood within the veil, and do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bullock, and sprinkle it upon the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. And he shall make an atonement for the holy place, now, 
you can see actually here in this verse, and he shall make atonement for the holy place. So there had to be atonement for Aaron and his family, the people, but now there has to be atonement actually for the holy place. You can see the holiness of Christ here. This place has been defiled, and there has to be atonement made actually for the holy place as well. And he shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel, because of their transgressions and all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. Verse 17. And there shall be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation when he goeth in to make an atonement in the holy place until he come out. It had to be God's man in the tabernacle. It couldn't be anybody. You know, and I was thinking about this. You know, be careful when you're stepping into God's work. And be careful how you're behaving yourself in God's house. Because God chooses the men, and God chooses the women, and God appoints. So there's no schisms in the body. God appoints. You go and do that, that's my will. You do that, that's my will. You do that, that's my will. You do that, that's my will. And you know, I'm just going to be perfectly honest. Whenever I'm asked to do Bible studies, <laughs> I'm petrified. And i just being totally honest with you, uh, you know, just petrified. This, this, behind this desk for me is scary. Why? Because I am responsible before God for dividing his word. And I will have to answer for this. And if I don't do it right, I will answer for it. I have a, a fear of God. And I suppose it's not a bad thing. But be careful. When you're in God's work, you know, you, you, you can see in Leviticus, he's a thrice holy God. He demands holiness. You know, and I was thinking about it, you know, how do we even come into church sometimes in Bible studies? And how do I come before the Lord in prayer? Is it flippantly or is it reverently before a thrice holy God? And that's, that's the way I've been thinking this last few days, even for myself. Because whenever you read through Leviticus, you can see the holiness of God and what he demands and what he requires from his people. And there shall be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation when he goeth in to make an atonement in the holy place until he come out and have made an atonement for himself and for his household and for all the congregation of Israel. And he shall go out onto the altar that is before the Lord and make an atonement for it and shall take of the blood of the bullock and of the blood of the goat and put it upon the horns of the altar round about. And he shall sprinkle of the blood upon it with his finger seven times. There's seven times again. Speaking of perfection in scripture. That's, and cleanse it and hollow it. Declare it to be holy basically. Hollow means declare it to be holy. From the uncleanness of the children of Israel. Verse 20, and when he had made an end of reconciling the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation 
and the altar he shall bring the live goat. So in verse 20, reconciling atonement, complete, appeasing, propitiation before God. And when he hath made an end of reconciling the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. Now, I really want you to get this because this, this, this really spoke to me. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat. So Aaron brings out the live goat that the lot fell, but God knew this was going to be the goat. And Aaron brings out, the, brings out the goat and he places his hands on top of the, the head of the goat. I want you to get this. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send them away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. And I read that verse. And that verse has me speechless. That verse has me speechless. And you might say, Glenn, why? Why, why does that verse have so much of an effect on you? This goat is your savior. This is the old covenant pointing to the new covenant. Aaron, the high priest, comes out to the goat, prays over the goat in front of the Lord, puts both his hands on his head, confesses the sins of the people, and sends it away, taking the sin away into the wilderness. What did, what, what did Christ do? They took him out the city walls, your sin, and they crucified him. This, this, that's what that means. And you really get that verse. I could just stop there now and that would be it. I would be, that's it for me. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins, putting them upon, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send them away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness, your substitute, your substitute, the scapegoat, the lovely Lord Jesus Christ himself, pointing to the new covenant. And Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of the congregation and shall put off the linen garments, which he put on when he went into the holy place and shall leave them there. Verse 23. I'm going to read that verse again. And Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of the congregation and shall put off the linen garments which he put on when he went into the holy place and shall leave them there. And he shall wash his flesh with water in the holy place and put on his garments. This is, this, again, this is mighty. <laughs> this is fantastic. God's word is alive. You know, these, the, I've been going through this for two weeks now and I've just fed off this. This speaks of Christ's resurrection. They took Christ, your scapegoat and your substitute out of the city walls and they crucified him. They crucified the Savior. But he rose the third day. 
and he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And what did he do? He sat down, your great high priest, because the work was done, and he adorned his glory again. And this is what this means. And this is, this is again pointing to Christ, to the new covenant, written in blood for us. And Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of the congregation, and shall put off the linen garments which he put on, when he went into the holy place, and shall leave them there. And he shall wash his flesh with water in the holy place, and put on his garments, and come forth, and offer his burnt offering, and the burnt offering of the people, and make atonement, make an atonement for himself and for the people. And I want to go down just now to verse 31, if you will. Verse 31 to finish off. It shall be a Sabbath of rest unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls by a statute forever. Now, forever in the Hebrew just means a long time. But you know, that's, that's all done away with now. Christ did away with that. Whenever Christ came to this earth, the precious spotless lamb and gave his blood, his life's blood for us, Christ did away with that. We can look forward now as blood-bought believers. We are in the new covenant. We are blood-bought. We have atonement through the precious Lord Jesus Christ. Christ made this obsolete. Obsolete means no more need for it. The work was finished on the cross. But this chapter 16 of Leviticus, it's beautiful. I've fed on it for a couple of weeks now, maybe more. And there's so much in it. It's beautiful. I would advise you to, to take another look at it and feed on it. It points us from the old to the new and it gives you a picture of Christ and just how much he loves you and what he, what he did for you. Thanks for listening. Thank you.